This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, away we go. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. The Tuesday crew is with us. Kevin Gadette, president of Brightpoint Strategy, formerly head of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. How's Kevin? I think I'm virus three, free, so I'm well, thank you. Okay. Wow. Uh, it sounded ominous there for a second. You were just whispering. I thought maybe he's breathing his last. Uh, <laughs> you wish. You wish, sir. Uh, not I wish. I was just observing. Uh, Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture media expert. How's Alyssa? Sanitized and ready to go. Oh, okay. A little more information than necessary, perhaps. Well, I have the wipes here, John. You did give them to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's just uh, expressly say those are the hand wipes that we're passing around. All right, good enough. Rocco Rossi, uh, let's get back to some sense of normalcy, shall we? The CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. How are you doing? Super Tuesday 2. It is. It's been uh, a week since we last discussed this COVID-19, but of course the numbers have changed. They're apt to have uh, altered things perceptibly, obviously. Uh, not a lot of folks going back to your home country, Rocco. I mean, the last flight out of Pearson today for Italy, and then that's it, Air Canada stopping it. Arriva Derci Roma kind of thing. Uh, let me ask you if this is something that we need to follow suit, because uh, I was mentioning earlier, Pearl Jam's canceled a concert at Scotiabank Arena a week from tomorrow night. Uh, then you've got the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, going to play before nobody in their rink on Thursday. San Jose Sharks, because there's in Santa Clara County, California, uh, a prohibition against anybody congregating in groups beyond 1,000. They've got three more home dates before April 3rd. Uh, San Jose Sharks going to be playing to an empty building as well. Do you think we're at a point where we ought to consider similar movement? Uh, I don't think we're we're there. I was just um, this afternoon at uh, lunch at the Empire Club uh, with the Minister of Finance, and there was 600 people in the in the room, um, and uh, I don't think none, I, none shaking hands. None shaking hands. Everyone doing the the Gordy Howe elbow elbows up. But um, look, we we need to be smart. You don't want to diminish the risk, and certainly when it comes to very large international conferences, the first one actually that uh, reared its head for Toronto was Collision. That's right. thirty thousand mm-hmm. uh, people who are going to be uh, coming to Toronto in in June, who now are going to do Collision from home, and everything's going to be done online. Um, we have to watch it uh, clearly. Um, the big, I think, the other big shoe to drop is when the U.S. actually seriously gets into the testing business, because inevitably. There will be there will be cases. I'm I'm sure that there are cases now and then, and then as we're seeing now in Korea and uh, and China and the Korean numbers, I trust more than the Chinese numbers. Um, the new cases are are declining. Now they've taken significant steps, um, and I think everyone will go through uh, some cycle. But um, all right. So the point you're yeah. making is. Uh in certain precincts, it's all about mitigation. Uh, we can't avoid it. We're already knowing that the contagion has traveled to over 100 countries. It's worldwide. It's a yeah. pandemic. Uh, but mitigation, and that's why the operative phrase, uh, when you want to stop the, the trajectory, and it's going in the other direction, as you cited China and I believe South Korea, Korea. as well. So that, that augurs well for the future if we can continue on that downward trajectory, maybe bring the situation in hand. But we don't know. It's still a great unknown whether we're on the uh, increase. Look, we Wait, got sorry. We who? 
we meaning in Canada. No, uh, so I, you know, I got to disagree with you. Uh, I think we do know. We're on the ascent, period. Okay, you're saying we are. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so as the chief public officer of health, right. it is going to get worse. Worse period. before it gets better. Has to. Okay, has to. Uh, Unless we do something crazy dramatic, which the country isn't willing to do at this point. Well, this is why I'm asking. I mean, is this a point then where we're preemptive and we stop gatherings of more than a thousand or pick your number? I mean, in schools, uh, look, Harvard. Yeah, but do you shut down the subway system? Do you shut down all activity? So, so these are, so so these these are the tough these are the tough questions that our politicians, to be candid, uh, because they duck so much, are, are ducking. Because uh, the fact is, you have two choices. You either don't shut things down, and it is going to get worse. Or you shut it down with the consequences that come with shutting it down, which just are the economics and 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 and, and distancing and, and the impacts throughout the economy that occur from schools and businesses by shutting things down. Um, right. Where I, do we find that balance? Well, if I was to jump on Kevin's comment, it's more or less short-term pain for long-term gain. Right. So if you do shut things down, and let's say you don't shut things down, and then this gathering of 2,000-plus people do get together, and then there's an explosion of uh, transmission. Well, then, you know, if you weigh the risks of that, what's worse? Taking the the hit for shutting it down and, you know, the economic impact or the mass spread of the disease. So it, people are erring on the side of caution. What, what I'm seeing is that there's not a lot of consistency to what is happening. So you do that, you know, they decide to uh, not have collision. Okay, that was a big one. That's 30,000 people. In New York State, I can tell you that it's more schools that have been, uh, that are now doing online learning. So for example, there was Princeton and Harvard, and now Syracuse has been added to that. So the kids are just coming home. Well, yeah, but this is uh, right after March break. They're going to implement this policy. We've we've imported three cases into Canada so far from the United States, from jurisdictions that aren't testing and don't realize they have a problem. Las Vegas, Colorado, and Washington. All right. The scenario you're painting, Kevin, is we're a ticking time bomb. uh, But but I think think the math around the world shows that. I don't mean to be alarmist about this. The math is the math. We have uh, uh, 80 cases, 79 cases in yeah. Canada right now. Yeah. 79. One day. Uh, last Friday it was 60. Right. We're up 50. Uh, we're up. We're up 50 percent of cases in four days. Uh, so the question is, are we doubling? And like, what's the doubling rate? Is it four days, five days, six days? But how much is the the doubling, and how much is it by the time you get to testing? Because in all likelihood, there are and, and more people with yet, there are more people not. with the virus today. What's happening in Ontario, uh, and this is really important, is that assessment centers are being set up because they don't want people going to emerge potentially infecting others in an already well, this is what they're doing uh, now. Weakened, weakened state. Um, so that's very important. If you do want to go get uh, checked, check uh, through the public health website uh, around what your closest assessment center is. You know, the one thing I do want to add here is sort of the lack of inc- uh, lack of consistent communication. You know, today Andrea Picard had a column about how the... Um, Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Bonnie Henry, I believe is her name, who has been very consistent in BC, in BC, and has been coming on, you know, to the public, making statements every day, keeping them updated. I'm not seeing, or maybe it's happening, I'm not hearing it, but that would be odd that I'm not seeing that type of same type of consistency, and I don't think that that's a problem. Today is your daily update, your daily healthcare update. So you want one voice, one authoritative voice, one authoritative voice. And this morning I went around the web and I thought, okay, who can I go to as an authoritative voice? 
voice just to educate myself. So I went to the WHO, the World Health Organization. And what they've been doing is they've been doing sort of these uh, very long form interviews, like ask any question about COVID and mental health, COVID and going to work, COVID and traveling. You know, for a, a world organization to have a 30-minute interview on their website, make it a three-minute interview. Do it in bite-sized pieces so that if people do want to see the, uh, read the long-form information, they can do it. But they, they themselves, the world authority, could be doing a much better. Uh, yeah, but, but here's the thing, because you've got different spokespeople that are precinct-specific. Ontario is not necessarily uh, the same as Italy, the Lombardy region. So with the WHO as sort of the overarching authority, but don't you go granular and uh, you have somebody like Bonnie Henry out in B.C., which, by the way, health is a provincial matter. Yes. And but this this is where, it, I mean, I'm, I'm sympathetic to uh, Alyssa's disposition Ontario just announced and just changed that they're they are now doing updates twice a day, and those updates actually finally include more accurate data as to the, the numbers of tested, confirmed, presumptive, and and when they are positive, they actually of the day they disclose the information of the whereabouts of the individual in question. Although I just checked, their five thirty update is now late. Albeit only three minutes, but it's still three minutes late. When they say you're going to do an update at five thirty, do it at five thirty. Do it at five thirty. Which they're not. So they're Ontario is now doing it twice a day. Canada is doing it once a day. Although I I did point out the yesterday the day before their data was all wrong. Uh, their table and their written numbers were inconsistent. And they didn't match provincial numbers. I would expect or hope at least federal chief public officer of health ought to be coordinating somehow some consistency of message. Because when when messages are incomplete or inconsistent or inaccurate, it help does drive, it does help drive fear. All right, I wanted to get back to the central point here, though, uh, Kevin. You're saying that uh, we need to be alarmist. Uh, you didn't say that, but that's the gist of what you're saying. Is this thing's going to blow up on us? It's inevitable. And ergo, uh, let's get really preemptive. Uh, so when I asked so the, the, the the government keeps stating, or the, the the medical officials keep stating, there has not yet been. Uh, to their knowledge, confirmed evidence of community transmission, which to me right. is just a comment on the fact that they haven't tested properly, they haven't caught it. So, okay, uh, but if you're projecting in uh, a worse, I personally think yes. Uh, right. As painful as it is, okay, I think so they let's should shut it down. There you go. Sh- shut everything down. I mean, Morocco says the subways. <laughs> no. I mean, so where do you draw the line, though? I mean, how well, does public gatherings is a good beginning because now you what got, number? Um, well, to a certain extent, if, if it isn't everything, now it's going to be arbitrary, and I don't have a good answer to that. Maybe it's 1,000, maybe it's less, but... Um, All right, the Leafs are playing tonight. Tampa's in town, too late to cancel, but Nashville on Thursday, would you say empty rink? Yeah. Major okay. League Baseball, Major League Sports, yeah. Conferences, yeah. Yeah, is it painful? Sure is. And this is where politicians need to get ahead of the... You know, they, they hope to God they're thinking of answers to the questions of... How do they help solve the problem of the financial impacts across the value chains of industries that are going to be importantly impacted when these decisions are made? What shocks me, though, is that, you know, we we went through SARS when it was really the Wild West and we knew nothing. And there were all these learnings that came out of SARS. So why isn't there or why wasn't there a protocol system or even a basis or a playbook that There's could have been... There's far more today than there was at the start of SARS. Well, but still, you know, when, when you have a playbook, Rocco, what you do is you look at it once a year and you say, what do we need to update? What did we learn uh, more this year than we knew from last year? So it, it seems to me that, yes, everybody says, you know, we learned from SARS, but did we? 
did we in terms of communication and and uh, public communication of messages that would be helpful to me as just a regular Torontonian walking around the streets? I'd have to say no. Well, I, I think I think it's a lot better than it was, uh, a heck of a lot better well, than it was. Well, it is a lot it's, better it, than it 2003, perfect, Kevin, but, but I would say that it could be better. And we, and no I, argument. And, and I think that we are tending to reinvent the wheel or trying to, you know, uh, build the plane and fly it at the same time. So if we had a scenario where, say, uh, Rocco, you uh, maybe in the last 24 hours uh, met somebody returning from Italy, and now you're here with us. I'm just saying, speculatively, this has not happened. Uh, yes. But because that person then tested positive, uh, would I be legitimate in my uh, request to work from home? How many degrees of separation, I mean, is what I'm asking, do we carry this now practically, realistically? Well, I think if you've been in direct contact with someone who was in direct contact with um, uh um, someone who's diagnosed, I, I think you've got a legitimate uh, claim. And I think the individual, I, I think that there is a responsibility on individuals who knowingly have come into contact with um, people affected or diagnosed, uh, they have a responsibility to be tested and to be able to tell their, uh, their workplace that, um, look, I've just been tested, I could have actually been um, contagious and and not known it at the time, but you should get tested as well. All right. Well, here's a more practical example. Josh Matlow has gone into seclusion, self-isolation, because he said he uh, had been in, uh, I guess, a meeting with somebody who was infected last Thursday. So he comes to council, he says, I'm self-isolating now. Well, I mean, he was in council. Is I mean, everybody at council now works so from home? He could have phoned that in. <laughs> so the reason I think we keep it to one degree of separation, one degree of contact would be um, the evidence of asymptomatic transmission to another asymptomatic transmitter. I don't believe there's actually been any documented evidence of asymptomatic to asymptomatic. Not yet. Right. Well, yeah. okay, but we've got meaningful samples now. We've only got 116,000 positive cases. Uh-huh. Uh, there's not yet evidence of asymptomatic to asymptomatic. So I would say for now, we're rel- probabilistically and rel- relativistically speaking, pretty damn sure that second level probably doesn't need to be isolated or stay home. Yeah. Let me tell but you. You're already... like, yeah, until you actually, you know, and I got a text the other night from my group chat and said, oh, so-and-so's father was diagnosed with COVID. So their whole family, you know, 15, 20 members who were all in touch with this person are now in quarantine. And this other girl has to stay home from work for two weeks and health candidates in touch and whatnot. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, I saw her on Thursday. What the hell are we doing talking to you here in a studio? Now? Well, she didn't. She didn't see the infected guy until Saturday night. So, I, but <laughs> she didn't see the infected guy till Saturday night. Isn't Tinder a wonderful thing? No, oh. it was at all. No, 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 nothing to do with that. Yes. But you know sure. what? It gives swipe you, left. Yeah, no, this was definitely not one of those. Andy White, stop at you too. But I'm just what I'm saying is, is that until it comes close to you, when it's like that easy. That easy. And when you talk about, well, there isn't community spread yet. We have we don't have evidence of that. But still, like that gave me huge pause for about 30 seconds until I figured out the time frame. All right. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 